It is official. The Terps have beaten Penn State 81 to 75. I feel like I want to say huge win. It is a big win. Just because they're keeping the home streak alive, it, it at least gives a tiny bit of hope, a tiny bit of momentum for the season. It, right For right now, okay, now there's reason to watch the next game with a little bit of hope. That's what I say. This get this gets you to gets you to January, right? I mean, they're one and one in conference. You can still envision the possibility of being able to pull enough together at home, steal a couple on the road, maybe get over five hundred conference, give yourself a chance. the The problem is you're just a team scrapping for the tournament at best right now, and the metrics don't look good. But you needed this. Any any game like this that you don't win pretty much puts a nail in your coffin. So yeah, every every game now against a team of this level or better is an absolute must win. Certainly at home, right? I'm gonna share the stats page. You cool with that? Yeah. Okay. Let's go here. Oh, why are we? Where are we? Here we are. There we go. Sorry, my buttons weren't doing well there. Okay. Overtime win, 81-75. Free throw, field goal percentage, 34 for Maryland, 38 for Penn State. Three points, five of 25, so 20% from three, which is a that's about what they're shooting for the year. God, Penn State, 32. So 76% from the line. Penn State, 90 and a half. What the hell, man? Yeah. Why, why does it have, look at the rebounds, 53-31 in Maryland's favor. Well, Absolutely huge. Yes, and if you if you want to look at, at things that will make you feel good about going forward, you look at Jameer and Julian putting in a combined fifty-two tonight. That's basically going to be your half-court offense. You're going to need the you're going to need a two-man game with those guys. Well, let's go to the individual stats to look at that. Jameer with twenty-eight, Julian with twenty-four. Yeah, you, you said it, fifty-two. 10 from Kaiser had a nice game. I see the twenty-five percent, two from eight. From the field, two of seven from three. Obviously, we want that to be at least three of seven. Four of seven would be amazing. Obviously, three of seven should be about the average, right? Yeah. Um, ten points. That's not bad. Deshaun was seven. Both of them in the second half started showing signs of positivity, signs of improvement. That's that's all you can ask for. Keep getting better. Right. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I, th- I think when you're you're talking offensively, you're talking about your two main guys, and that's it. Anybody else who gets a little bit of a hot hand, anybody else who can hit a three-pointer every once in a while, you go with it, right? I mean, that's that's bonus at this point, but there's no you know, there's no offense to be run here. There, there's no like, you know, okay, well, we're, you know, tonight we, we like our matchup with our, uh, you know, Geronimo against somebody like, you're not ever going to like that matchup or, you know, Dante at this point also is just not a guy who's contributing at the level that he has in the past. And the two freshmen, you don't know what you're getting from. So you're just going to have to lean on your two guys and hope they can carry you to the promised land. That's really what it comes down to right now. Dante two of 11. Two of 11. Yeah, you can't have it, man. You can't have that. You can't have Geronimo 0 for 3. You can't have Dante 0 for 4 from 3. Hey, say something profound about the team. My dog is knocking at the door. I'm going to let him in. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, something something profound. Go, yeah. Here, here, I, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. So um, 
if you look at some of these other stats, one of the things that sticks out is the offensive rebounding. That's another one where you would think the one advantage to Willard putting a team out there that's basically bigger than anybody else in the country is that they're going to be able to board and hopefully be able to defend as well. So being able to dominate the boards, obviously Wahab can rebound a little bit. You know, they're not a tiny team. They're not particularly good, but they're not tiny. Um, so if you're going to run all those big guys out there, you better be able to board. Um, and, you know, again, this is all part of my, my self-improvement plan. I've been told, I've been informed um, by some of our listeners over time that I am profoundly negative about basketball. And, and I'm looking to change that. So I have uh, printed out a sheet of some inspirational basketball-related quotes that uh, whenever I'm feeling like I'm being too negative, I'm just going to drop one of these in here. I feel like it's a it's a personal improvement thing. I want to be able to do this. I want to be able to, you know, share some goodness with the people, right? So, you know, I feel like for a guy like, uh, you know, Harris Smith, who's obviously struggling, even though he came around at the end there, I, I feel like um, he needs to stay hungry and stay humble. And I feel like that's going to get him better. That's my yeah. Let me have you uh posted the link on Twitter. Has Jeffrey tweeted it yet? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um I just wanted to clarify that real quick. And then also I want to let everybody know uh in a few minutes we're gonna be joined by Wes Brown, who is primarily uh football beat football, reporter. basketball, everything. everything kind of yeah. He's gonna be joining us. We're gonna talk the game a little bit with him, but we're also gonna talk Nashville. Let's go, baby. You see my headline, Nash Vegas, baby. And yours says Music City and the Infinite Sadness. I don't get that. You don't? No. Smashing Pumpkins fan? Uh -uh. Oh, well, that's why. They had an album called Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness back in, like, I don't know, 95 or something. Um, okay. And then Music City is, you know, the happiness for football and the infinite sadness, as you can guess, is the current state of the basketball program. So I thought I was being clever. So, you know. It Heads up to any 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 other 40-somethings that actually got that. But some positivity from Maryland. Yes, very positive. Um, Maryland basketball, um, don't give up. Don't ever give up. That's what I say. That's what I say. Yep. That's not you have given up, Paul. You've you've said multiple times that you've given up, that you accept seven and five for the football team. I do not. I I am the one who blind has blind optimism. That's me. Look, I I just I beat that mantra. I'm just beaten down by the world, man. I got to protect myself a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, cause I, I I used to be like you, um, where like I would just live and die everything and trying to live and die in Maryland football, man. You're gonna do a lot of dying, and I've only got so many so much dying to do before I uh, I, I expend my mortal. Uh, my motor remains on this planet. So trying to protect myself a little bit and look, being a guy who thinks Maryland football going seven and five is great is great. Cause we went seven and five. We're going to music city. You know how long I've wanted to go to music city bowl. Yeah. I mean, awesome. if we, we've wanted this one forever. We, I have, was not, we have. Yeah. I was not going to go to the bowl this year. And then the second we got music city, I'm like, Oh, but maybe I could do that one. I know you weren't going to go to Vegas. Yeah, that was too much, man. That, that was bad timing more than anything else. But so, uh, I'm looking at the schedule here. December 12th, six days until the next game, and it's Alcorn State. Blech. And then seven more days after that, it's Nichols State. 
And then not till December 22nd, 16 days from now, they play UCLA. <laughs> Yeah, that'd in, be fun. In LA, so that's yeah. not that's that's not going to go well. It's not going to be great. It's not gonna be, then Coppin stayed uh... on the twenty eighth, and then it's Big Ten. They got Purdue on January second. Oof, it is home. That game's on Peacock. I wonder if we should we should do what we just did. People would rather watch us than watch the actual broadcast team. I that could actually be fun if it's only streaming. Like we might be able to, do, we might be able to work that out. Do a little we bit. We can't of, share the game. We'll, we'll yeah, we'll we, get, we can't we'll get, can't get in trouble again. <laughs> yeah, I got in trouble for trying to uh, live stream an Orioles game. Yeah, uh, and, we did uh, that. We did one of those one of those Terps games last year too, and I think did we did three of them, and it, it went very well. No problem. So the third one. Orioles. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I was gonna make a joke about uh, four and four Maryland against four and four Penn State tonight. Uh, now that Maryland's five and four, they're one bowl away from bowl eligibility. But I didn't want to confuse anybody. Yeah. Well, what kind of sucks is that Penn State's the the power in football, and Maryland can't get close to them. But Maryland is supposed to be the power in basketball, and Maryland's not a power in basketball at the moment. And so the games are close and that sucks. Well, Penn state basketball has been a problem for Maryland since they joined the big 10. Like they just, they're just, you know, right. They, they, but they Maryland play. football has not been a problem for Penn right. state football. Yep. No, even when Maryland teams have been good, Penn state gives them trouble. They, they just, you know, they just play, you know, Calvin ball out there and muck games up. But luckily this particular Maryland team is pretty, pretty mucky themselves when it comes yeah. to game state. So, I mean, that was a look, we shouldn't, we shouldn't diminish that win. Like if, if you want to keep the season alive, they needed that one desperately and they got it. And you can, if you look hard enough, you can start to see the blueprint of what they're going to have to do to try and win in the big 10. They're really going to have to muck these games up. They're going to have to play good defense. They're, you know, they're use their length on the boards. Team. Yeah, they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna have to play like every Big Ten team that we've hated and made fun of the last that, ten yeah. years, and and they're gonna have to do it. That's just what you're gonna have to do to succeed. And props to Willard if he can pull that off. I mean, I, that's again, you can talk about the mistakes in building this roster, and there were many, and they were obvious from frankly day one to a lot of us who follow this stuff closely. But, it weren't that obvious. People were talking about this being a potential top 25 team and how the starting lineup was very good with Jameer Young and Julian Reese and Dante Scott hopefully yes, getting back people, to the Yes, people were looking at spreadsheets and, and numbers and thinking, ooh, well, you add all these numbers up, that should be pretty good. And then these two freshmen yeah. are all really good and they're going to come in and they're going to be great. And that was like the best possible case scenario. And a lot of these national guys are just fluffers anyway, frankly. I mean, they just, you know, they believe anything the coaches tell them. But like, if you, if you, if you pay attention and if you were, you were paying attention to all this stuff on the inside MarylandSports.com message boards, you know, since last May, there were some real concerns about the structure of this roster and about whether Maryland would be able to literally shoot the basketball. And I think a lot of that stuff has come true, which I think is frustrating to the people who really do follow this stuff to the degree that, that we do again, as fans, which is short for fanatics, as I like to remember people to remind people, you know, you got to be a bit crazy to follow stuff the way you do. But if you do, it was pretty obvious 
this could go wrong. And it, it has to some degree, but again. Um, One thing I'd like to point out, Julian Rees, 10 of 15 from the line is not, you know, it's not lighting the world on fire. It's not elite by any stretch, but 10 of 15 will cause people to, they can't do the hack-a-shack, right? Like if he's shooting at least that well, then they have to reconsider just fouling him. Yeah, I mean that's that that's probably his baseline, right? You need at least sixty-seven percent. Hope yeah. you get seventy, and you you'd be pretty happy with that. He just is who he is right now. Like you you can't fix whatever happened to his shot or whatever they did to his shot. I don't know what they did, but you can't fix it, and it just is what it is, and it's all mental from the line anyway. So hopefully, if you get that much out of him, you're pretty happy. I think for the most part with a guy like Geronimo, you'd kind of, you'd probably like to see him be more of a role player, but he's being asked to play more than that. And I don't know whether he's capable of it. And that's, again, that's another, just a roster construction issue. If you thought he was going to be a guy who would come in and play 10 to 12 minutes, maybe 15 backing up as a three and D guy at the three and four, I think that's a role he could play really well. If you're asking him to come in and be a 25 minute starter, I just don't think he's up to that. Right. And clearly Dante Scott, I, I just, I don't, I don't know what's going on there and I'm not going to speculate cause that's not fair to him or anybody else, but it's not working for him. And I don't know. I don't know what you do about that. It's not like you can just bench him. A lot of people on the message board were saying, no, oh, you just got to bench Dante. Okay. Well, who's playing then? I mean, there's, there's just nobody else right now. So you got to hope he just comes good and can be at least a, a serviceable player. You know, tonight he's what two for eight, two for nine, two for can't 11, really, two for 11. Can't have that. No. Most nights can't have that on a night where you get 52 from Jameer and Juju. I guess you can, but it's just, it's against a Penn mess State. against, against State. a bad Penn state, which lost to Bucknell at home last week. So yeah, again, don't get too excited, <laughs> but but if if you don't want to if you don't want to give up on the season tonight was something that you needed to do so they they got it done be happy about that I don't want the season to be over before the new year that's not fun I want this Ari, to be fun Ari Ari just said something you say a lot so I'll pop his comment up on screen we really miss Martinez we do we do a lot he's a guy who could play the two or the three and take a lot of pressure off of DHS and Kaiser really. And hopefully bump some guys down the position ladder. So you don't have these, you know, Dante at the three, like that's not a, that's not a winning move in the year of our Lord 2023. So again, that one's not really on Willard. I don't, we still don't know what the hell happened there. That happened last minute and there was pretty much no way to replace him. Um, now choosing to go for Maddie Triori over finding another guard was a choice, but Again, I don't make the big bucks. So I really want Maddie to be good. I've been talking him up for a while. I, well, I, I I love him as a project. I don't love him along with you know four other project big men. That's just not my my criticism of the roster comes down to the fact you can't have that many guys who are just clearly not playable right now. So when you have a guy like Dante who's struggling. There's nobody who's playable that you can replace him with because you've got all these other guys sitting at the end of the bench. You just, you're just not getting in the game. 
not good enough. So, but I would like to remind you that the price of excellence is discipline and the cost of mediocrity is disappointment. Here's, here's the big question about the game. Does it provide any level of hope at all? Or it, it happened about overtime against Penn State at home is still pretty bad and they're still basically in the same spot they were. What do you think? Oh, no, I think I, I, if they lost this game, their season is done. Done, done, done. Finished, no way, bad, bad, bad. They didn't lose the game. So now they're still in it and they're good. They, you know, a loss at UCLA is not going to hurt them any more than it would have before. So this buys them time to get into January. So they've bought themselves about a month, you know, with some of these not great games against not great teams some practice over, you know, winter break and all that stuff to really try and figure out what they want to do. I mean, there is talent on this roster. There's a reason all those people were talking about them being a top 25 team before the season. You know, Juju Reese is a good college basketball player. Jameer Young is a really good college basketball player. Dante Scott at times has been a good college basketball player. And the these two freshmen, freshmen can be. Right. These two freshmen, I think, eventually will be good college basketball players. It's just how fast can you ramp them up? And are you putting in them in a position for success? I'm not sure that they have been to this point. So, they yeah, both don't look better tonight, I think. Yes. You, I mean, this is not the night you go on Twitter and be like, oh, yeah, beat Penn State at home in overtime. Y'all can suck it. Like, that's not what we're doing here. But if you want this team to have a chance to succeed and make it to the NCAA tournament, by God, they needed this one badly. And they got it. So be happy about that. John Brown answered my question. He said they're in the same spot as they were going to OT with Penn State. Isn't it isn't a good look, but Penn State has owned them. Yeah, so that's true. Yeah, I mean Penn State is owned. I mean, I wouldn't say owned, but they've been way more competitive with Maryland over the past over the Turgeon era uh, through this point than they should have been, clearly. Because those none of those teams are very good. And Maryland's were clearly better, and they always just played them tough. I don't I don't know why that is. Remember Turge's penultimate year when they were awful for until like late January, early February. And then they won on that like eight game winning streak. Remember that? Yeah. Yep. That's what's happening this year. Calling it right now. I don't know that that team was ever as has had played early on as bad as this one. I think that would be, that would be the difference to me. Um, but I mean, anything's possible. College basketball is weird. Weird yeah. stuff happens. At any moment, some of this stuff could click for the freshman. Dante could re go find his sophomore self again. I mean, you can't you can't just wipe away those possibilities. They are legitimate possibilities. And when a team is struggling, you just can't have so many terrible, terrible losses on your resume that you can't overcome them later in the season. Should the team start to play better, and yeah. this is one. This would have been one of them. This absolutely would have been one of them. So yeah. they avoided that, and they bought themselves a month. And hey, <laughs> for look looking at this now after the last couple of weeks, you got to be fairly happy with that. Yeah, that when it comes tournament time, if they're even on the bubble, those two losses in Asheville are going to be UAB looks real bad. Uh, Albatross is around their neck. It's going to yeah. be yeah, that could be Q four. 
and that's that's just no that's no bueno. That's going to require you to go out and beat a beat a Purdue or someone. And you know, this year the Big Ten is weird that there's really no elite teams. Uh, Michigan State doesn't look very Purdue good. is Purdue's good, but that's it, right? So you're not going to have a lot of chance for real marquee wins either. And once this conference starts beating up on itself, you might have a situation where you've only got like two teams in the top 25 because everybody's just, you know, kicking the crap out of each other at home. So it's, it's not great. It is not great. However, I like to remind everyone that it doesn't matter if you fall down. It matters whether you get back up. That's very profound, Paul. Is that what you said when I went to let my dog in? No, no, I saved that one for later. That, that felt good. It reminded, uh, I'm going to go off topic here a little bit. It reminds me of an episode of Cheers for all you old heads who Could watched Cheers in the 80s. Diane bought a signed book of The Sun Also Rises. It was signed by Ernest Hemingway. And she borrowed the money from Sam, and Sam got all bent out of shape because she wasn't paying it back, so she allowed him to keep it. And he decided to read it, while he was in the tub and he dropped it in and it all got wet and it got all like messed up and, and they got into this huge fight as they are want to do on that show. If you know this, this Sam and Diane dynamic. And as he's yelling at him, he goes, Oh, the sun also rises. That's real profound. Like that was one of the lines he said in the middle of the argument. And that just reminded me of it. I don't know why, but it did bring it back for anyone who's my age who grew up in the eighties. There you go. You got a Cheers reference, man. Cheers reference and a Smashing Pumpkins reference. I mean, we're we're pulling out all the stops. I'm sure you don't get the Cheers reference, but I didn't get the Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, no, I didn't. I, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> it, it never makes no sense. Said how <laughs> how old are you, LMAO? Yeah, that I can pull lines from Cheers. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at him. He's fucking old. Obviously, I'm old man. I'm 50. Look at I got the I got the gray. <laughs> See this. He's got he's got getting getting teeth pulled every other week now. Like he's he's just gonna be. Ari Ari is trying to be positive. He said, "Okay, DQ's gone. Find other players. We are a national university. Find other damn players who give a hundred percent and can shoot and are four year players and build a system." Oh, that's it. That's all they got. That's all they have to do. Thank God, it's that easy. That's all you got to do is find. You just got to find some guys who stay four years, who don't need much NIL, all can and shoot. Who can and, shoot. Uh, yeah, give 100% at all yeah. times. Oh, that's Man, uh, well, you know, geez, why don't? Why didn't I just marry Scarlett Johansson, man? I, I mean, God, I screwed hey, this whole thing up. Paul, you married up. Oh, I did. Don't disparage your wife. Apparently, guy. I didn't marry up enough if it's that easy to just go and do something. like that. You don't need Scarlett. Paul, come on. Yeah, she's sexy though. Good lord. Um, yeah, I mean, yes, she is, but she's not like my go-to. Like, she's not on my list. Ah, okay, well, that's that's is your she, list. Is she on your list? I don't know. It was like Kirstie Alley and Shelly uh... <laughs> <laughs> Long. Long. Are they Ed on your Holman list? Yeah. Jimmy Newworth. Yeah. Helen oh, Helen Mirren. <laughs> Helen Mirren. Wow. Like, I thought I, I was just naming actresses josephine baker like how 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 deep does your list go with old ladies and dead people you know, you know who's on my list that you that you'll like alex morgan i love alex morgan uh, I, I do like me some alex morgan i like alex morgan 
excellent soccer player. Soccer, yeah, because we we often go off on the soccer tangent. So there you go. Yeah. Larry's yeah. list is comprised of the cast of Cheers and Mash. But the Tobo said, "It was." <laughs> I, I just listed all the females from Cheers. So, yeah, yeah. And I didn't ever watch Mash is slightly before my time. I do. Rhea Perlman. Rhea Perlman. Rhea Perlman. She's married to Danny Vito. Uh, I remember when Mash had its final episode, and what a big deal it was. I was very young. And it was at the time maybe the most watched episode of television in history, or something close to that. You guys, you guys can double check me in the chat. Do a stat boy for me. Double check me on that. See if I got that right. I think it was the most watched episode ever. Remember back then there were only three networks. There was yeah, no I, cable. I, that's what I was saying. It probably still is because everything is so you know after cable yeah. and stuff. Nobody just watched one thing. Yeah, maybe it's the most watched sitcom episode ever most like tv watched. like tv i'm sure like there's like you know war addresses and stuff that might have been maybe watched by more but yeah what did you just text what's going on oh no i was just seeing where west was that's all oh um he is doing post game yeah he's probably doing the he's, presser he, he said it was going to be 30 to 40 minutes after the game because he had to do the presser and then, then he's going to join us. Yeah. Wes, just so you guys know, Wes is going to be joining us, I think, kind of any minute now. I think we're getting close to about, to about the time. Once he does, we'll bring him in. We'll shift the talk to football a little bit, talk about national. We got some plans. We want to do some events for the whole board. Everybody come out. Let's get together. Yeah, we do have uh, a couple things going on okay. there. Like we've, got the, uh, we've got a tailgate that we're setting up. Okay, I have been vindicated. Thank you, Ari Ari. According to the source, the final episode of MASH, which aired on February 28, 1983, it was 10 years old, is the most watched episode of television ever, drawing in an average of over 50 million viewers. There you go. I remember that correctly. From when I was a kid, I remember when it was such a big deal when I was a kid. And I, I remember just, can I give a spoiler for the final episode? Do people care about that? Dude, what it, was, I it was like 40 years ago. Right. What what I remember is that Hawkeye Pierce played by Alan Alda. Yeah, I'm pulling out all the names now. <laughs> he, I know, he had a mental issues, had a mental breakdown from being in the Korean War for so long. And they were trying to leave and they were leaving on a bus. And one of the ladies had a baby and they got ambushed by, I guess, the Viet Cong or what have you. I don't know. Not the uh, Viet Cong in sorry. Korea. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, they were in Korea. Yeah, my fault. Whatever. They got ambushed by the Koreans as they're trying to leave. And um, the baby was crying and he he thought it was a chicken. He was going crazy. Like he was seeing a chicken squawking and he was like, kill it, kill it, kill it. They're going to find us, kill it. And so, but he was, it was a baby. He was telling the lady to kill her baby. Okay. That's horrifying. Yeah. But that's what the show was. It was a comedy set in the middle of a war. So you had this juxtaposition of, Humor Larry, everybody then, knows everybody knows what matches. I don't think so. <laughs> if we keep telling them, we're gonna have two viewers left. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want to talk about tailgates. Let's talk about tailgates. Yes. Well, I was gonna wait for Wes to do that. Wes, Wes doesn't care about tailgates. Is he coming? Is he going to Nashville? I don't. I don't know. I don't care. I'm, All right. We're going to Nashville. Is William Ginsburg in the chat? William. He is. He is. Plug the tailgate. Okay, cool. Yeah. So 
I don't, I don't know all the details except that. Actually, I do kind of know the details. It's going to yeah, be. Yeah, we've got details. A lot of the stadium, right? Yeah. So I don't know, William. You can correct us if you have a parking permit already, but um, uh, it's going to be in one of the parking lots. Um, and my guy has this whole thing set up. Like he's aiming for a budget of about forty bucks a person. That'll get you breakfast. That'll get you lunch, which will most likely be barbecue, Nashville hot chicken, all types of crazy stuff. Okay. Plus. Food menu. Should I should just share the screen? Yeah, yeah. If you got it. Share the screen. I got the food menu up. Hang on. This is why we want you guys to watch on YouTube because there is actually like positive information we're giving you on the on the video. Here we go. Let me let me zoom in on this. So let me pause this video over here. Here we go. The food menu for the tailgate has been finalized. For breakfast, biscuits with a short of jelly, biscuits with sausage and gravy, scrambled eggs, lunch, pork ribs, brisket, pulled pork, hot chicken tenders, deviled eggs, hush puppies, mac and cheese, baked beans, non-alcoholic beverages, lemonade, sweet tea, unsweetened tea, hot coffee, cold brew, diet soda, regular soda, and water. And, of course, people will be BYOBing, so there will be alcohol there. People bring their alcohol. I, I just don't think – are you providing that, William? Any I alcohol? think he was going to have a couple kegs too, but I'm not sure they've – They've determined a couple of kegs. People all announcing that they're in. And I believe he said the cost is estimated to be about $40. It's going to go up or down a little bit, depending on, um, depending on how many people sign up, because the more sign up, the cost goes down a little bit, or if, if it's a little fewer, the cost could go up a little bit and, and all those kind of things, assorted liquors and American domestics. And three kegs. That's what that's what William Ginsburg said. All for about forty dollars. Plus, you get to hang out with Terps fans. If you want to find out that information, it's on the premium board on the Maryland at twenty four seven sportscom message board. We just popped the link up there in the chat. If you're watching live, you can look in the comments. There'll be a link in there, or just contact any of us, or you can contact on. The message board, you contact myself. My name is Lawrence Terp. You're Paul yeah. UMD. Or you can contact Terp. You can tweet us. 2000. Tweet, tweet us, us any of that stuff, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm coming with right. four. My son and his girlfriend are coming. My dad's coming. For, he's living in Dallas now. So he's flying out. We're meeting him there. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We, we got a Airbnb on the corner of Broadway and second. <laughs> Good Lord. I know it's crazy. We're right in the middle of it. And all the reviews for the Airbnb said the place is only okay, but the location is perfect. And then some of the reviews are really bad. Cause they're like, don't expect to sleep. It's going to be loud noise. all right. day. It's going to be, it's going to be bassinet parties and puking people out front all day. Yeah. And all night. So if that's your deal, roll with it. We'll see how it goes. I, I wanted to be right down in the middle of it, and we got that. So, And it should be said, um, there are there are talks about a potential live show, um, potential yeah. uh, event with the Terrapin Club, something like that, um, probably on that Friday night beforehand. So keep your eyes and ears out for that. We would uh, we'd certainly enjoy doing something like that. Um, like we did in in, uh, in Austin, not so uh, I guess yeah. quite, quite some time ago now. <laughs> we're we're speaking with 
the Terrapin Club. And we're talking about working in conjunction with them, getting our group together with their group. That's what we did with Austin. And then we did it at the bar, uh, Concrete Cowboy, with our boy Jonathan Vows, Maryland grad who owns the Concrete Cowboy in Austin. And the, the three groups kind of combined. We had five, 600 Terps fans. Absolutely. It was, it was insane. We've done, we've done some cool stuff. Uh, over the years for the show, that was by far the best. I mean, yeah. that was incredible, and the place was jam packed, and everybody was into it, and we were having fun. We we had the you know push up contest where we got a bunch of people throw down some money for that hurricane that hit Houston a couple weeks beforehand. Like, yeah, that was that was great. So yeah. we would love to recreate something like that in Nashville, um, whether with you know Terrapin Club at a school or whatever, or doing it by ourselves. Um, we will certainly. Certainly, see if we can pull something off um, without too much, too much personal cost. <laughs> but uh, but that yeah. that's that's the aim. So keep an eye out for that. And uh, and otherwise, you know, just go down there. Like I said before, I said a couple weeks ago, I've been out because I was traveling and I've been sick and whatever. But um, these bowl games, like people, especially the national media and and whatnot, people that follow college basketball like to make fun of these little bowl games. And they're not great for TV, frankly. They're just not. They're they're usually half full, quarter full NFL stadiums or baseball stadiums or whatever. But if you haven't gone to a bowl game before, I'm telling you, this will be the most fun you've had watching Maryland football in a long time. The whole lead up to it, having all these people wearing Maryland gear in a different city, you know, everybody in red is your new best friend for the night, like doing the travel, being able to go there and, and watch a football game that honestly doesn't really matter at all. It's just, you know, kind of for fun. You hope you win. Last year was great. I just said, hope we win and they dump mayo on locks. That'd be fun, right? But if we lost, nobody really cares. You're there for the experience. So I, I certainly encourage anybody who's not done that before, you really should go. I mean, it's – especially Nashville sells itself. But, I mean, the game itself – and the lead up to it and being able to kind of be around a bunch of Terps, uh, you know, maybe people that you knew from school, maybe people you haven't met before who become your new best friend after a couple of beers. Doesn't matter. It's a great time. Yeah, I, I agree. We've gone to the last two games in New York and then in Charlotte the last two years. And it's so fun. Just like you, like you said, the game is secondary. Um, uh, got a text from Wes Willard's to up now and then the players. He's still in. So I don't know if he's going to make I don't it. think that's going to happen tonight. Yeah. Let's not, I don't want to – <laughs> we're not going to keep keep you guys sitting here all night. But um, I said I'm not sure what sort of – what more breakdown you need from that game since we all watched it. But yeah, we'll I take any questions. Hey, if you got questions, throw them in the chat. We'll take yeah. some questions right now while we're hanging out. So One question is, is Leah playing? Yes, he's supposed to play. There's supposed to play. No reason to think he's not playing. He's knowing him, his personality too. It's, it shouldn't be surprising that he that he would take he would uh, take that stance. Yeah, some other, some other guys I don't know, but but go ahead, Larry. Talk about the talk about bowls. We like bowls. Yeah, the two games. It's just so fun, and you get to experience the city. I have, I have a lot of experience with New York, so that wasn't new for me. But hanging out with everybody. Is so much fun. Seeing the game at Yankee Stadium was kind of cool, even though it's awkward fitting. Um, 
and then and the and the sight lines are meant for baseball, not for football. So that was weird, but still fun. And then the Charlotte bowl game, like you said, was so cool. William Ginsburg set up the tailgate, which was awesome. There were uh what maybe 40, 50 of us there at that drinking, like you said, everybody comes your best friend. And it's just it's just great. And then we all walked to the stadium together. And then some of us were all sitting together and everything too. So that's really fun. Well, and that's a good point too. That Nashville is very similar to uh, Charlotte in that you can stay downtown and walk to the stadium. I mean, that's that's just huge when you're on a road trip like that too. So if you can find a spot downtown where you can be, where you know obviously all the the fun stuff is going to be, and still be able to walk to the stadium without having to worry about cars and parking and all that stuff, that really does make the difference. Um, and yeah, it, you know, said William did this tailgate last year, so he's he's a pro, and everything came off great last year. So I'm sure whatever he puts up with, he puts out this year is going to be even better. Yeah, the funny part was, he got down to Charlotte last year, and my dad was meeting me, but he was flying much later, so I was kind of by myself for for a handful of hours there, and I was looking for people to hang out with and stuff, and I'm texting him like, "Where are you guys? Let's meet up," and and I thought okay this person's organizing a tailgate i'm talking to a 40 50 year old guy here <laughs> and I meet william and i'm like dude are you still in school like he's like andrew's age <laughs> yeah like you're still in school he's a young guy and kudos to him completely pulled it off yep like pulled off a perfect event and so i'm expecting nothing less this year i think it's going to be great. excellence and you get excellence Ari right. Ari said, "Give us final predictions uh, for the Maryland for the basketball team." I'm oh, gonna go. Lord. I I think the Big Ten's down. I think they're going to go about ten and ten in the Big Ten, and I think they're going to be about like seven and four out of conference. So I'm calling like seventeen and fourteen, and off the bubble unless they have a run in the big 10 tournament. That's my. Yeah. I, I, I don't think they're, I just, I think Jameer and Reese are too good to not be able to play to this kind of level, like tonight, most nights. So that's going to win you some games, right? Especially at home against a big 10. That's not very good. So I, I would think they're probably like, an eight or nine win Big Ten team. Oh, you're going under 500. Yeah, I think they probably go under 500 in the conference, and they they finish around 500. I just it's just too many square pegs of round holes. You'd like to think that the freshmen get better as the year goes on, so that they will improve and be able to match the play you're getting from some of the you know from the two studs. But it just you're 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 trying to count on a lot of things here that I'm not sure are realistic I, I just don't think this roster is built for college basketball today you can't shoot 20 percent from three and win college basketball right now you can't do it here's a comment from william Gidsberg, the man himself the keg stands are going to go crazy larry promised me at the mission game that he's going to do one for at least a minute a minute i did not promise that he's joking <laughs> but i will say this in college i did keg stands and beer bongs and the whole thing right so i, I did all that um I will do it. The only problem is I weigh a lot. Oh, so that's we, not a problem. We got we, enough big guys around here. 
I mean, it's somewhat of a problem. It's not a concern. All right, I'll do it, and I'll do my best to last as long as I can. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know if I can do a minute, but <laughs> <laughs> I like this comment. <laughs> yep. Up in the chat for Larry's liver. There you yeah, go. I don't, I don't know if we can. I don't know if we can get a liver donor uh, on the like little donate super chat thing, but um, might need to look into that for you. Yeah. See, I don't do any. I don't do any crap at that crap anymore. Like I, I, I don't either. I haven't I, done it in yeah. decades. I'm not. I'm not decades. I've never been good at chugging. Like that's just one. The one like college drinking skill that I just never acquired. So I don't even try any. I'm, I'm not even interested in that. I am not either. I mean, like when I was in college, I did and everything. I just I don't even like beer. I don't like beer. I drink scotch. Beer is just kind of eh, to me. It makes you so full and it's dr it dries you out. Like, you know, it's like so much fluid. But I'm going to partake. And you know what? We'll turn it into an IMS radio event, the Larry Keg Stand. So there you go. Hey, I'm in on that. We will get that on video. I promise. Somehow, some way. I'll, and, I'll, you know, and, and if you're going to be in Nashville, I mean, there's been some talk of people's bringing some uh, specialty bourbons and, and such a, if you're if you're one of those types. So I'll drink a bourbon. My next door neighbor's an insane bourbon guy and like knows every brand and the years and like all that stuff. Right. And the different different flavors. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't hate it, but I'm, I'm more of a scotch guy like you. I just. Yeah. And I know more about it, and it's more my more my taste. Yeah. But anyway, bowl games. Go to them. They're fun. And honestly, with Maryland football, you never know when we're going to get back. So, <laughs> you know, don't do the thing that I did in our national championship basketball year. And I thought, oh, well, I don't have any money, and I don't know anybody else that I can ride with. I'll just go to the next one. Yeah. Still waiting. Yeah. Well – It's going to be interesting to see next year post Leah the program improvement under Loxley. Is it all just because they finally had a good quarterback who we we had hoped was going to become elite? He never quite got elite, but is yeah. a very good college quarterback. So, is that why they were able to win six, seven, and seven and go to three bowl games? And is that just a blip for Maryland? Or is that the new normal for Maryland? Is one of these guys gonna is Cam Edge gonna gonna take control of the team, right? Hopefully, or is Billy Edwards gonna be proved to be capable in his last year or two here? That so we'll see. That is absolutely the overriding question for the football right. program. I, I, and again, we've had news this week about Jay Sean Barham going into the portal, about Corey Deitch's going into the portal, a couple other guys who are maybe a little less key players. Those don't worry me so much, frankly. Um, I, Barham, I, Barham popped out in a couple games, but for the most part, he was just kind it, of a dude this year. I know, and I don't I'll, know whether I don't know. Again, I'm not a psychologist, or you know, I'm not breaking down the film on this, so I'm not sure whether it was more of a coaching thing or a substitution thing, or maybe he was banged up during the middle of the season. I don't know, but. That doesn't bother me so much. I, I don't think football, the only time one player can really make or break a football team is if it's the quarterback. So honestly, offseason priorities one through 21 for me 
are figuring out if you've got a quarterback. If you think Cam Edge is the guy, great. You think Billy's the guy, great. If you think one of these guys in the portal is the guy, that's great too. The guy from but NC you got to figure that out. Yeah, it, uh, the Morris kid from NC Morris, State looks yeah. like they're taking a look at. So you got to figure that out first, and, and literally nothing else matters but that. And I'll say this about the portal because it's a big. Obviously, this is this is a pretty terrible time to be a Maryland football fan because this is the time where you're losing all your guys. But Notre Dame's lost like 15 dudes too, right? Everybody's losing yeah. a bunch of guys now. It'll be later on that you start to pick up the guys. And for me, it's trying to find this nice mix of maybe some high prof- higher profile players who went to maybe higher profile schools, didn't get the playing time they wanted and might want to come back home. And trying to find like a million of those Gottliebs, Aydeses, and um, and Donnell Browns, guys at lower levels that have proven to be really good football players that you feel like can make that bump up to the next level. I mean, uh, Brown was phenomenal this year. Gottlieb played well. I think honorable mention, Big Ten offensive linemen. So if you're Maryland, it sucks to lose your guys like Deiches and Barham to the big schools. Your job now, if you're Mike Loxley, is to go and get guys who've already played at the at the big schools, maybe want to drop down a level to become starters, or finding those guys at schools lower than Maryland, lower on the totem pole, and bump them up to Maryland and show that they can show out well, and get a look in the NFL. Don't forget, that's exactly what Leah was. He was at yep. Bama and transferred, if you want to say, down to Maryland right. to be able to play and that worked out pretty well for Maryland. It did. And it worked out well for Leah, I think. I think he just yeah. about maximized, you know, who he was or what he could do in college. I mean, he I got I don't, money. We know he got paid. Right. I, I'm not sure if he say, you know, took the took the money to go to Auburn last, you know, this year, whether he would have been any more of a potential NFL draft pick or anything like that. He still is like 5'10. And, you know, 200 pounds dripping wet, like that doesn't change. Like, so I'm not sure that would have been a good move for him. And he just kind of maximized who he was here. And that's great. And Loxley seems to have a pretty good eye for talent and being able to find guys who can fit that kind of mold who might not be, you know, top 10 draft pick one day, but are good enough to be really good college player at Maryland. I'm unsure about how Barham is going to do. I, I think there's a there's a pretty strong chance that his head was not and his heart was not with Maryland, and that's why he didn't play that well because he looked really good as a freshman and looked like he was going to be a stud, a star. And I think he came back. I think he liked Locks, was convinced to come back, got a little money, but his heart wasn't in it. And I think that there's a chance he goes somewhere else, gets caught up, and the emotion and passion of a program that's got hundreds of thousands of fans and plays lights out. I think there's a chance of that happening, which which would make me sad, but I do think that's possible. It's entirely possible. Again, know thyself, right? I know who we are. There are guys who are going to come here and play for their hometown teams so their family and friends can see them every week, and they don't care that the stadium's not full all the time. That doesn't bother. Wes is here. Wes is here. Let me let Wes in. There he is. What's going on, Wes? Can you hear us? Yeah. How's it going? Good. How are you? 
Doing well. We were just talking some football, but you just finished watching the game and you went to the presser. You have any thoughts for us after that? Yeah. So, so kind of like Kevin Willard said, you know, it's a lot of, you know, the same, just trusting the guys and, and getting through it. Um, he mentioned Julian Reese was kind of the, the leader there going into overtime, uh, rallying everyone in the huddle. You know, we got five more minutes. So let's get things going. So um, they're definitely kind of a, a promising effort to see and, and good to get this win. Um, definitely didn't want to be 0-2 in, in Big Ten play uh, before, you know, having to wait till, till January. So, you know, good to win, good to grind it out and, and get it done in the atmosphere. Yeah, Wes, it looked like if you want to take a positive reaction to this game, you can see a bit of a blueprint as to how Maryland's going to have to play the rest of the year if they want to try and make the tournament, right? You're going to have to run a two-man offensive game with Jameer and with Juju, and you're going to have to hit the boards hard. And I feel like if you can do that, you're going to have a chance, at least at home, and some of these maybe not-so-great Big Ten teams on the road, because that's kind of what they got, and you, at this point in the season, you just kind of need to roll with it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you really have to take care of business at home, you know, Willard always likes to say it's not easy to win on the road pretty much anywhere. Um, Loxley, you know, says the same thing too on the, on the football side. So um, yeah, they're going to have to, you know, toughen up and, and grind out some of these wins here, but um, kind of like he said from the start, you know, they, they have the, the talent, they have the power, you know, they, they, they can get it done. Um, the Penn state coach was really complimentary about how, you know, Maryland was just bigger, faster, stronger, tougher, um, and it kind of showed down the stretch. They didn't even have to play Julian Reese, and they were able to to out-rebound them and, and body them a little inside. So, you know, there, there's still plenty of room to grow, but, I mean, it was definitely a, a promising game to, to see. You know, if only they could shoot better as well. Bigger, stronger, faster, not as good shoot. If they had that shooting element, now we're talking about a good team here, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they, they have guys who can hit shots, and, I mean, they hit them in warm-ups, and, you know, you, you see spurts here and there, but – um, I mean, if this team can consistently just shoot 35, 40%, um, I mean, the rest of the, the, the season will, will look night and day from what it was, you know, two weeks ago. Right. That's kind of the thing, right? If they, if they were just hitting 30% of their three, their threes and not historically laughable 20% or whatever, they probably have two or three more wins already. And we'd be having very different conversations. Um, what, what did you see from the freshman tonight? It looked like Kaiser was really getting all over the floor, hit a couple shots that mattered. And then Harris Smith, like, I feel like just his life force needed to hit that layup in overtime to really kind of get his confidence back. Cause he just seems all up in his head right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you kind of just need like both of them are just kind of waiting for their shots. Hey, to fall. Um, when, when Kaiser's had, you know, those opportunities to, you know, settle down and, and hit those shots, you know, he, he hit them tonight. Um, it's not like, like I, I tweeted out, it's not a glorious stat line, but um, 10 points, three rebounds, two on the offensive end and five steals. Um, and then obviously Deshaun there at the end, getting the, the end one in overtime. You can see how pumped up everybody on the floor was, you know, not just for that basket, but for him to get that basket, um, you know, still some misses at the free throw line, but, you know, these are guys who can shoot. They proved it before. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, getting their feet under them and, and getting in a rhythm at, at this level. Does it feel like maybe this could be somewhat of a turning point? The second half, they really looked, I know it's Penn State, but they looked pretty good. Kaiser and, and DHS in particular looked pretty good. And then they had the big plays, as you said, in the overtime. Does it feel like maybe this could be a turning point in the season? 
yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of that game where you can kind of, you know, put a stake in it and say, you know, we, 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 we've done this before. Um, they obviously have a stretch here, you know, finishing up non-conference play. You know, it, it's games where you should be able to run the table in, into Big Ten play uh, pretty easily. But when you get to Big Ten play in January, this is the game where you can kind of say, you know, we, we've been here, we've done that, we've won Big Ten games, you know, we can we can do this. You know, you don't have to if, – if you lose that road game to Indiana and then you lose to Penn State at home, it looks a lot different than it does even just beating Penn State even even in, in this in this uh, this fashion. Yeah, this definitely felt like a must win as, as early as you can throw that term out there, right? If they still want to be a tournament team, they could not lose this game. Yeah, for sure. Um, what did uh, what did you take from Willard's presser in terms of anything, whether newsy or just like his feelings about the performance? Yeah, I mean, it, it's just one of those ones. They're 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 just glad they they got it done. Um, like like some of the the players said too. You know, is you know, Jameer and and Julian didn't realize they both played over forty minutes in this game. Um, they'll, they'll probably feel it tomorrow, but you know, it's just something that you know they have to do to 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 get wins, and and that's understood. So. Um, it, it's definitely good that they they got the win, um, and that that's kind of the, the the front mindset here. When you have these two early conference games, you just need to get wins, and and that's what it comes down to. So um, definitely big to to get this one tonight. Let's switch gears a little bit. Are you going to the bowl game? Yep, yep, I'll be there. Awesome. So we're gonna do. Are you? We're gonna do some events together. Are you going to the tailgate that William Ginsburg is throwing together? Uh yeah, yeah. Awesome. I'll, I'll we'll see you there. We're working. Uh, you can do a, a, a keg stand with Larry. Yeah, I've, I've been coerced into doing a keg stand. I'm going to do my best. Uh, we're working on a on an event with the Terrapin Club, maybe. And even besides that, we got to hang out, hit some of the bars, restaurants, some of the music scene. When are you get it in? Um, I think I'm in on the 28th. Yeah, me too. I'm getting there early on the 28th, so I'm going to basically have that whole day to just kind of do whatever. We're staying right down on Broadway Street. Where are you staying? Near there? Right there? Uh, down I'm, I'm on the other side. I'm over by the, the stadium. Okay. Dude, this well, man's focused on business, Larry. No, nah, no. Nah, not on the 28th, <laughs> he won't be. We'll, well, we we have numbers now, so we'll text. We'll we'll meet up. Yeah, for sure. What's the, right. Do you know anything about the team's focus on that at all? Is it something where it's like, is it, is it the Paul mindset, hey, we don't care if we win, we're going to go have a good time, or is this we want to go win this game, represent for the program, build the program, that kind of stuff? Yeah, I don't really think in, in, in this day and age at least that, um, you know, that the win and loss necessarily matters as much. Um, you know, Loxley's talked a lot about, you know, this is the – you know, that the end of the 2023 season was the Rutgers game, and this is the opportunity to, you know, start the 2024 season. They're going to get these practices here, you know, leading to the bowl game. And, you know, kind of like we saw in, like, the pinstripe bowl with, with Hemby and Littleton, like, you're going to see a lot of younger guys, you know, with opportunities, you know. But with that said, you know, Talia expects to play, so there are there is obviously going to be some overlap there. Um, so we'll, we'll probably learn a lot more uh, next Tuesday. We have bowl media day. Um, so we'll learn a, hopefully a little bit more about, you know, who's still with the team, who's playing and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't really know if the result necessarily matters. I don't, I've, I've told a lot of people, it, it's kind of a, a win-win situation for Maryland where, um, you know, they, they can go down there and they can play a, a game, you know, it's our third straight bowl game, you know, winning season, all that kind of stuff. Um, but if they do happen to beat Auburn, they beat Auburn. 
So, I mean, it, it, it's, there, there's not too much to lose here at this point, uh, but we'll, we'll obviously learn a lot more and, and learn about their, their uh, mindset here in the, the next week or two. Awesome. So we'll plan on that for next Wednesday, get a little bit of that, uh, that opt-in, opt-out goodness and some other stuff. So otherwise, let this man go home, Larry. Well, I want to ask you one thing. Who is going to be the starting quarterback next year? That's the last question. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's pretty tough. You're going to have, you know, Cam Edge and, and, and Billy Edwards, they're, they're fighting. But um, I wouldn't be surprised, obviously, if they, they whoever they pull from the portal is obviously someone who's going to compete and, and, and be able to, you know, be given a, a shot at the job there. Um, I think the, the bowl game could be kind of telling. Um, obviously, if and when they, they get a transfer quarterback, they, they won't be able to participate in the bowl game. But you'll learn a little bit once, you know, Talia ends up coming out. If he does, you know, what the splits are between, you know, Billy and Cam. Um, but, yeah, my, my, my money is probably on a, a transfer um, just because if they were to bring one in, um, I, I don't think it's someone who would, you know, necessarily plan on sitting or, or necessarily, you know, with, with all the talent in the portal, you would think they could get somebody who's better than what they have now. Um, but I don't really think there's, you know, badness with, with Cam or, or Billy. Don't you think the best thing for the long-term health of the program would be if Cam Edge just took a stranglehold of the position? Yeah, for sure. I mean, stability is obviously really hard to come by um, in college football, especially at the quarterback position. But, um, I mean, if, if Cam Edge were to come in and, and light things up in the bowl game and, and grab a, a stranglehold in that starting spot um, – I mean, you, you can't really argue with that. Um, someone with, with his type of eligibility, you know, leading into, you know, a, a future, you know, recruit or anything. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it would be good for Loxley to have, you know, more stability even after Talia. Um, right. So, so he, can, he can further, you know, recruit. All right. I'd ask you to predict the game, but you basically already said there's no way to predict it. So we're just going to go there. We're going to have a good time. We have what? Three weeks until that even? Almost yeah, three plus, four, yeah. Three, almost four weeks. Yeah, three weeks about, yeah. So we'll have plenty of time to talk about it, lead up to it, make our plans. Hopefully we're going to be announcing something with the Terrapin Club. Hey, Westman, thanks for joining us. I know you are crazy busy, and it's awesome to give us a few minutes uh, in the middle of all of that. So, Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated. Yeah, we'll, we'll have you on again. Uh, oh, you were watching last week, and I pitched the idea of the signing day show. You up for that? Yeah, yeah, for okay, sure. Cool. cool. I'm going to be talking yeah. to a lot of the the um, current commits and whatnot, and and some other players here uh, down the stretch. So hopefully, I'll I'll have some some news and notes and whatnot we can go over. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, very cool. All right, cool. We'll plan on that. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Wes. Thanks, Wes. See you. And I think that ought to do it for us too, Paul. Yeah, yeah, I think we've bored them enough at this point. They've, they've enough have realized Jeff isn't coming tonight. <laughs> yeah. At some point, we'll have the whole crew again. I promise we're not just doing this like two by two thing for. Two hey, we almost went an entire episode without mentioning Derek Queen, but I just had to do it. There you go. <sighs> Fuck, Larry. Come on, man. We. Were, I was trying to feel. Yeah, I got to go back to my inspirational quote list. Uh. Yes. Okay. Let's see. Uh, you're never as good as any everyone tells you when you win, and you're never as bad when they as they say when you lose. 
That is true. I agree 100% with that. It's the, it's the overreaction after every game and after every play in game thread, every right? moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I stay out of the game threads or I try to sometimes when I post on the football ones, I just post very positive things like, yes, let's go. I try to post that kind of stuff, but in our private chats, I'm very different as you. Oh, know. you're in our private chats. You are like a disaster. <laughs> Everything is the worst thing that ever happened, and everyone should be fired. I don't it's, say that. There is one person I think should go. But there's, I'm not, there's, I'm not going to comment. Whether it's, that. whether it's football or basketball, if it's player coach, I'm not going to say. But there's one person I'm very adamant that I think should go. That's all I'm going to say. We've been very positive tonight. We're gonna we're gonna stick with that. We're feeling, yeah, we we're feeling good tonight. We're going bowling. Maryland got a win over Penn State and something. That hey, I'm I'll take it. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh, he's going to kill me. This is the second week in a row I forgot to play the freaking non-res report. Oh, nobody cares. Nobody cares. I'm not going to play cares. it. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> Wheels, if you're watching. We appreciate that Wheels puts all this time and effort in this thing. Nobody <laughs> cares about and we don't even play. <laughs> he's not going. I'm trying to convince him to go too, but he can't. He's going to be driving from somewhere to somewhere on the day of the game, and so he can't make it. I, I was hoping he would make it out. I'll tell him we'll need another non-reps for next week. They can just play them all back back to back in a row as like their own side episode. Well, I have them all, so we'll have an episode where I just play <laughs> just play 40, them over forty over. straight non revs reports. That will be the episode. That I, I honestly, I would love to see how that, how that plays. going back like four years. Yeah, like, I would love to see how that play. I was how many people would listen to that? I, I would be fascinated by that news. <laughs> that would be. Oh, well, someone said non-rev episode. We've done that. Yeah, you've done that. Yeah, we've and I hope I hope you do again. Do do a baseball episode, do a lacrosse episode. I'm we all had, about that. We did have we had John yeah. Chef on. We, we can get a, Swope on. We can get my my, my my old teammate Matt Swope on. Talk some we, baseball. We had two coaches from the women's team. Bet Shelby was an assistant coach about yeah, eight that's years right. ago. We I had that. Yep. She's no longer with the team. And we had Brenda. You had Brenda. Um, we had, and wheels and I have done two lacrosse shows. We had, we had John Tillman on yep. and we're planning on doing another kickoff this year. He thinks he's going to be able to get a player this year, which is kind of cool. Um, or maybe two, I don't know. And we had the baseball show. So, you know, yeah, we can, we can get weird with it. Anyway. All right, guys, go Terps. I don't want to say big win, but necessary win. Necessary win. Necessary win, a relief. It felt good that they got to pull out the victory. Looks like maybe some positive movement there, especially in the half. Let's hope there's some positive momentum here. And remember, it's very important uh, that Maryland basketball, that they keep the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Yes. I I love the new sayings, Paul. That's very cool. I'm saying positive, man. That's how I roll. That's what I do. It's my life. And for more positive affirmation, tune in next week, Wednesday at 730. We'll see you guys next time. This is IMS Radio.